Okay, welcome back to Right Night, everybody. Before we get the episode started, I figured I would give you a few personal updates. Um, For those of you who don't know, I am a college student at the University of Montana right now, and we are just finishing the semester. I'm really excited because it gives me some time to work not only on this podcast and get more episodes out, but also work on making sure that the episodes are good quality and do a lot of more literary projects, which is, as always, on my to-do list. Um, I'm just really excited because I've been learning a lot, not only about writing, but also the publication process and kind of exploring that more. I am working a lot. I will admit that. I am working a lot in addition to the creative work that I do. So if an episode is delayed by a day or so, do know that that is the reason why. I promise that I haven't forgotten about you guys. And I'm so, so happy for all the support that I've gotten. The main thing that I want to make sure that you guys know is that it is my personal goal to really release an episode of this podcast every single Wednesday for an entire year, 52 episodes straight. That is the goal. I might miss one or two, but that is what I'm shooting for. I don't know how well that's going to go given that I'm a full-time college student and an almost full-time worker in retail, so kind of balancing those two extremes is going to be interesting. Um, That said, this is going to be a really fun episode. We get to talk about Wednesday, the show, and I'm super, super excited about it, as well as queerbaiting, using those kind of controversies, talking about that in modern media, as well as a couple other personal things. Um, As always, I can feel already doing the intro that my voice is kind of getting a little sore, so if I switch into a British accent during this episode, that is why. That said, though, let's get right into the episode. I gotta say, it doesn't feel right doing an episode of this podcast if I do not include Wednesday, the show. Me personally, um, for those of you who don't know, Wednesday is the new Netflix show out now. Hashtag wish I was sponsor, but it'll probably never happen. Maybe in my dreams. (laughs) Um, Following Wednesday Adams, one of the family members of the iconic Adams family. As she essentially goes through a a boarding school experience, I guess that would be the best kind of summary for it, and the adventures that she unravels at her old parents' boarding school. That said, though, the Addams Family is something that's super, super iconic, and I was really happy to see it brought back to the main screen. Um, I know there's been a lot of talk about how the Addams Family is not being accurately represented in this, and I mean, I have some opinions on it. I'm not an originalist, if that makes sense. In my mind, the term originalist means that somebody wants it to be exactly as it was before. And I know that um, it was directed by Tim Burton, so incredible director. Super, super cool to see his vision for it. Um, Wednesday was played by Jenna Ortega. She did a fantastic fucking job, so much so that I'm actually going to look for other films and stuff that she's in just to kind of see more of her acting. Um, To be honest, all of the acting was pretty decent. The dialogue definitely could have been better. Uh, We'll get into that in a second. Um, But circling back to the Addams Family, the main thing that makes the Addams Family the Addams Family, especially in terms of American culture, right, is that America is centered around the nuclear family idea. So a mother, a father, and then generally one or two kids, and then that's kind of like, that is the nuclear family, ideally. And I grew up in a nuclear family, so... I know what that's like, unfortunately. Not always the uh, best option, but sometimes the only option available. And the Addams Family was kind of the exception, and the reason it's so iconic is because it plays on that nuclear family idea in a really interesting way, right? So the Addams Family 
mimics the regular nuclear family idea, with the exception of the fact that both parents, so Morticia and then Gomez, are actually supportive parents in what their children want to do, and encourage them to find their own interests, which is, given given how everything else is going in this world, I would say that's absolutely fucking fantastic. So, <laughs> I'm gonna give a sweet round of applause to them. I would put a sound effect like clap there, but I am honestly too tired to find one, so you get a deal with my homemade clapping for now. Um, and the main thing is the supportive parents, right? And so the kids have a good relationship with their parents because their parents are supportive of what they want to do. That does not come to life in Wednesday at all. In fact, a lot of the conflict comes from Wednesday fighting with Morticia, her mother, about like, oh, you're trying to make me follow in your footsteps. Ew, I am not going to become you. I am better than you will ever be, etc., etc. And that's like Wednesday's whole thing, which while it is relatable for a teenager to go through that, I definitely understand why some people had some questions in terms of the legitimacy of bringing the Addams Family on screen in a way that violated their original headcanon. God, I have not read enough fanfiction for this. I'm using vocabulary terms that I don't fully know. <laughs> I'm going to get corrected. If there was a comment section on a podcast, I guarantee that I would um, get some comments about that. I think there's a question and answer on Spotify, but I think that's the closest that we get. Um, but that's the main controversy that's been going on, to summarize for you in case you guys have missed it. Um, something else you might have seen from the show if you've been on the internet in the past, like... Ooh, I don't know, week or so, you might have seen Jenna Ortega's iconic Wednesday dance to Lady Gaga's Bloody Mary, which is, of course, sped up like every TikTok trend is. And I am just putting it out for the record. I'm putting it out now. I do not claim this is my original thought, but I will say I will be damned if I don't say it and pretend it's my own. And that is that I guarantee this is going to become another Mandela effect thing where people think the Bloody Mary was used in the show. It's not. It was a... It was like a... Is a song by, like, The Cramps, I think it was. Really iconic song, actually. Love the song that they chose. But I guarantee, because it's going viral on the internet, that, like, everybody is gonna think that Bloody Mary was in the show, even though it wasn't. And I've been watching a lot of interviews and, like, post-production stuff from the Wednesday show, which is something I don't normally do. And I'm gonna- I- I- <laughs> I love how I'm circling around the topic that everyone wants me to talk about, because it's the only thing I know how to talk about. And that is- being a lesbian. That's all I have to offer you at this point. Um, I am kidding. Please stay. I have so much other better qualities, like my fascinating sense of humor and my beautiful face that you can't see because this is an audio format. Fuck, I should have thought ahead on that one. <laughs> um, but specifically, Wednesday and en- Enid Sinclair are roommates. And that's how it always begins. They were roommates, my friends. Don't let anyone convince you otherwise. No, but they were roommates and that's the really funny part is that they have a lot of chemistry that i don't think wednesday has with the other like love protagonists which are xavier and tyler in this case so spoilers ahead buddy if you guys haven't watched the show at this point i'm gonna spoil literally everything because i feel like i have to just in order to talk about it accurately that's technically true for this entire podcast so like if you haven't watched whatever i'm talking about spoiler warning for whatever xyz topic it happens to be i feel like i should like insert that in my intro somewhere in every episode but i feel like that'd get a repetitive um but wednesday is very much black and white gloomy morbid depression anxiety all of the mental disorders honestly at this point and 
this is enhanced by the fact that um, Jenna Ortega, as an actress, was told not to blink on camera. And so I think someone counted it. That person was not me. I don't have the patience that um, Wednesday only blinks six times in the show, which is a very Tim Burton thing to do in the first place. But that kind of personality, I feel like, is set very, very clearly by the not blinking, by the kind of creepy off attitude. If I had to, like, describe Wednesday's character, I would say she kind of reminds me of, like, a shattered mirror, if that makes sense. Like, she's very focused on herself, and that's where the, like, reflectivity comes in. But she's also very jagged and, like, can hurt people around her, even if it's not necessarily her intention. Though a lot of times, it is her intention. She's Wednesday Adams, is what she does. Enid Sinclair, however, is kind of the opposite, right? So Enid Sinclair is bubbly, bright. The actress also matches, which is super, super cute. Um, Emma, you did a fantastic job. Continue slaying, my queen. I will be following you on social media for your daily song recommendations at this point. I am I am obsessed. Um, but Enid Sinclair is essentially a werewolf kid. So if you haven't gathered that um, Wednesday's parents sent her to a monster school. Yeah, essentially it's like monster high, but make it like slightly better budget, worse dialogue. <laughs> um, Enid Sinclair wears a lesbian colored sweater in the exact pride flag order. It also looked really comfy and I'm kind of jealous I don't have it. Um, we'll ignore that and move on to the next point. She's just really bubbly, happy, kind of knows everybody, but isn't super popular. You know, she doesn't, she's not like cool. She's just extroverted, if that makes sense, which... God, if that is not a biography for me, I don't know what is at this point. And on top of that, she is kind of known for all things cute. And I mention this because I think it's fucking hilarious, is that there's a scene in the show where um, Enid is listening to K-pop, and I think it's like Red Velvet or Twice. I don't remember what girl group it is. I think it's one of those two. And just Wednesday's reaction to it was fantastic. It was so funny. Um, And that's what I really, really enjoyed was she obviously is the other end of the spectrum, right? And there's always that kind of, like, common cliche, oh, opposites attract, right? But that's not why it's gay. And that's really what I'm here to do. You have joined this episode of the podcast to listen to me discuss why this is gay. Like, if you didn't think so, this is my master thesis, all right? This is what I am pinning my entire English degree on, is a discussion of whether or not these two characters are going to fuck each other at some point, because I strongly believe the answer is yes, and no, I will not hear any rebuttal at this time. Also, the show's marketing had a lot to do with Wednesday. So instead of Wednesday or Wednesday, which is how I say it in order to spell it because I can't fucking spell as an English major, that's probably a problem, but we'll, uh, we'll get into that uh, senior year. We'll call that good. I'm a sophomore now for reference. Um, Netflix definitely used that kind of relationship in order to propagate the show and make it popular, which is annoying. I hate seeing my identity being used as clickbait and um, essentially marketing material in a capitalist society, but... That's kind of TLDR, at least it wasn't, like, fetishizing this time, so mild win, I guess. Main thing is, though they don't kiss in season one, I am guaranteed that it is going to happen in season two. Like, I am convinced. Here's the reason why. That was such, like, a deep inhale. Like, I'm ready to just, like, throw my soul into this microphone right now. Oh my god. Um, And the main reason is that Wednesday has no chemistry with boys. Okay, Wednesday... No chemistry. Zero. Zip. Zulch. Nada. Nothing. Literally nothing. And that is that is something that Jenna Ortega talks about as an actress. And for once in my life, I am actually going to find the fucking audio clip and insert it in here because I don't think you guys will believe me otherwise. But she Wednesday has no chemistry with Xavier and no chemistry with Tyler, who is essentially a fucking 
Hyde, Jekyll and Hyde kind of bullshit, and Xavier's like a fucking moody artist vampire dude. And that's what I'm saying. Like, she has no chemistry with either of these men. And so, here begins the first ever compilation of outsourced audio tracks to explain why these two are gay, starring Jenna Ortega and Emma, whose last name I cannot fucking remember. I hope you guys enjoy. Our characters in the show are polar opposites. But, you know, they kind of have, Wednesday and Enid have a sweet little relationship. So I was wondering, how do you think that compares to our personal relationship? I think we also have a sweet little relationship. In the show, they're both very different people and they both have different perspectives on life and different backgrounds. They complement each other very well. And I think we complement each other very well. All right, and what you just heard was a clip from MTV News. The next clip will also be from that. Um, Specifically, these were the two actresses, Jenna and Emma. They were discussing their characters. And the main thing is Jenna's referring to chemistry. What does that mean? Wednesday, throughout the show, essentially says that she doesn't care about anyone in her opinion. Yet, the sudden second that Enid is like, hey, buddy, I'm moving in with somebody else because you're being a bitch to me. Wednesday's curling up on the floor in tears in a tiny little ball by the window. The math is mathing, my friends, and it's saying that there's something going on here. Now, I may be blind, but the next clip from MTV News also confirms that, specifically relating to the love triangle that I talked about earlier, this is the actress's thoughts on, like, why Wednesday might be gay, specifically more on why the love triangle isn't working, and why she might be taking a break from boys for a while. Let's roll it. So, Wednesday was kind of involved in this love triangle with Xavier and Tyler, but she chose Tyler. But now that Tyler is off the table, is Xavier an option? I've always been against the love triangle idea. Now that Tyler's off the table, I feel like she's off of boys for a while. I feel like her and Xavier are just getting to a safe place. I think there's an opportunity there for a really sweet platonic relationship because I don't think it's shown often enough men and women having safe platonic relationships that don't become romantic and are just genuine, almost Mm sibling-like relationships. I think that that would be really wonderful to see between her and Xavier. All right, and that was essentially confirming my initial thought. The boys aren't working for Wednesday, and that is clear. I am still in the camp that Wednesday is asexual and maybe interested in women in a romantic way, but just... The fact that Xavier's a creep as well, like, I don't care which direction the show goes. If she ends up with Xavier, I'm done. I am boycotting this shit. I cannot, okay? There is only so much shit I can do, and this is not it, my friends. And the last clip is from TikTok. It is from, let me see what user. Um, Grapes are superior on TikTok, and then it was also uploaded by Anne Bolin's Lost Head as well. And so that's a clip that I borrowed from YouTube. I'm really hoping I don't get copyright strucken for using it, but considering I'm adding content to it and this is a small clip and like an hour long episode, I'm hoping it's fine. Um, what you're going to hear is sounds of a convention or what sounds like a convention is actually the premiere of Wednesday. And the interviewer is essentially asking the very key question of is Wednesday an LGBTQ icon? And while we do not get a solid yes or no, I mean, the second season hasn't been written yet, so I doubt the actress could say yes or no at this point. I will say, I think we get a decent uh, hint at the end of this interview clip that something might be going on more than we know. 
I'm also going to apologize in advance. The audio in this segment is pretty loud. I tried my best to adjust it and boost it down and make sure that I don't make your ears bleed. But FYI, if you do have headphones on or something like that, you might want to turn your volume down for the next approximately 30 seconds or so. So many people in the LGBTQ community see Wednesday Adams as a gay icon and they look up to her. Why do you think that is? I think because she's a badass, she's cool, she's got a nice sense of style. Um, but she's she's somebody who embraces her differences and, and isn't out to please anybody. And I feel like that's a really, really powerful thing to see. And I feel like people want to see powerful women with powerful women. Damn right, Jenna. Powerful women with powerful women. We'd love to see it. Also, I am single. Can someone please find me a powerful woman at this point? Anyway, moving on. Um, this has been my PowerPoint presentation on one, why Wednesday is not interested in men at the very least. I also think she's asexual just because she doesn't even like hugs, man. Like, I don't think that having sex would be her thing, but that's an alternate issue. Now that we have had that beautiful, oh, 20 minute section of me rambling about how the show has to be gay, let's get into why it should be. Not the has to be part, if that makes any sense. We're going to get into the kind of problem if it isn't. And that problem, I briefly mentioned it, is that specifically Netflix is using queer people as a way to market their shows and consistently cancels the shows after one season. It's a constant cash grab, essentially, because it's easier to do a one-off season than to continue to renew seasons, especially due to the fact that generally the more popular a show is on a second season, the actors and actresses get paid more. So by doing a one-off and then canceling the show after that, they're able to make more money and keep people coming back because there's always something quote-unquote new coming out. I don't agree with that at all. I think it's fucking stupid. But there is a gigantic track record of queer shows being canceled on Netflix, specifically lesbian queer shows. Like, it is bad. We at least have Heartstopper, and it's great to have um, gay male representation, but I kind of like the idea of having um, lesbian representation as well, or representation between two women loving each other. I think that that is a super important part of the narrative that I think is kind of being undertoned in this. And that's the problem if Netflix doesn't lean into the fact that they have heavily queer-coded Wednesday and Eden's relationship. When you have a character that shows no emotion except to one person... It is natural for the audience, especially in a teen show like this, where everything is kind of within high school drama, like, who's gonna fuck who? Who's gonna date who? Gwendolyn. Gwendolyn Christie, please. Please date me. You're so tall and so beautiful. Oh my god. Um, But specifically unrelating to that, like within that high school drama, obviously the audience is going to assume that characters that have chemistry with each other are probably going to eventually end up together. And Netflix knows this. They literally changed the marketing of their show on release day to be Wednesday. So instead of day, it was uh, Wednesday. Instead of, it was, of that, it was Wednesday. And it was crossed out. And it was part of their marketing ploy. Like, they very clearly know that they have queer-coded a relationship and that they don't care if it necessarily happens because this is what is popular. This is what's going on. This is what is making the show trending on top of all the other things that go on in the show like that is what's really making it popular the one claire shippers like that is literally it like if you look up anything involving wednesday the show like you are going to find either some really obscure articles about wednesday adams a bunch of children screaming for gay representation and adults at this point honestly i'm an adult now i keep forgetting that my bad i did not mean to slight anybody who wants gay representation honestly we deserve it at this point we've been through enough goddamn 
like marriage just got legalized in terms of like it being recognized on a federal level which didn't happen before which is weird and now apparently discrimination is okay so that's like fun (sighs) america things america core what a truly beautifully fucked up thing it is um but in addition to <laughs> all of that, I find myself rambling because I just, like, I so desperately want it to be true. Not even because, like, I think the actresses have good chemistry together, but just because, like, we get nothing. Like, we as the lesbian community get fucking nothing. Like, come on. And Enid being bisexual, they have a great representation. Hell, her parents fucking threaten to send her to conversion therapy camp for werewolves. You don't think that's an analogy for something? They literally used conversion therapy. Those exact words in the show when referring to if Enid was going to wolf out yet. Which feels like a really weird coming out metaphor. Like, the writers in that room knew exactly what they were doing. And I am still pissed that it has not come to fruition in season one. But... The main thing that I have to get across, and this is something that I am also guilty of, you know, like, I am white. I don't know if you couldn't tell by my cockeyed accent or my absolute lack of culture. I'm sorry, I'm a stale soul teen. Um, But appropriating other cultures within your work is not cool. It's not okay. It's something that I grapple with a lot in terms of, like, I not, like, grapple with it in the way of, like, oh, I'm just gonna copy this and pretend that it's mine and appropriate it and be, like, oh, yeah, this is okay and use it for profit. Like, not that kind of grappling of whether or not I should do that, just more of, like, where that line is because it varies on a case-by-case basis and I will be damned if I'm just adding to the sea of content that is, like, making everything worse for people. That said, though, You know, Wednesday is just one of those shows that, like, has a lot of potential to be great in a lot of different ways. But using queer people as a marketing scheme is not one of them, in my opinion. That said, though, let's move on to literally anything else. I spent over 20 minutes rambling about lesbians, and while I could do it all day, I don't think you guys want to listen to it. If you do, you should uh, let me know. That'd be a really fun um, episode. Just all my favorite queer ships in the entirety of storytelling in the modern day. Ooh, that'd be a fun one. I do want to do thematic episodes like that. Um, Also, do let me know if you enjoyed the um, spliced section. I don't know if I'm going to get sued or not. Hopefully not. I have nothing to give them. I am (sighs) not one of the wealthy, I can tell you that. Um, But specifically, I do want to do more storytelling with audio and those kind of things. Going into audio, though, the dialogue in Wednesday is fucking horrible. It is so bad. The show is literally saved by Jenna Ortega's fantastic acting and people longing for queer representation. That is literally what made the show go okay. Because some of the fucking quotes that come out of the mouths of these people are so fucking ridiculous. Like, a teenager just does not talk like that. Have you ever spoken to anyone under the age of 24? Because it doesn't really sound like you did. No one says, oh, you look like a walking Instagram filter if someone is pale. We don't do that. At best, you might get a damn bitch, you white as fuck. Like, that is that is the closest you are going to get to a, huh, you look like a black and white Instagram filter. No one says that. Literally no one. And I know a lot of people that talk very much in internet speak, which is appropriated African-American vernacular English, and I'm guilty of it too. I literally just did it. <sighs> I need to work on that. My apologies. I, uh, future note for myself to improve upon but like that's the thing that I'm trying to talk about is that like no one talks like that in just it's such a weird awkward way and there are so many of those lines so many 
Like, there are just so many lines in the show where it's like, have you spoken to an actual human, or did you just continue typing the middle suggestion button on your keyboard until it formed a roughly legible sentence and called it good for the day? Because that's what I feel like the writers were doing. They just, like, put in zero effort into the dialogue, and it was bad. It was Riverdale bad. Like, the epic highs and lows of football kind of bad. And that takes work. That takes effort and dedication, honestly. I just don't want it. I'm I'm done seeing that kind of effort and dedication. I'd rather see almost literally anything else at this point. But moving on from dialogue, of course, we have the age-old question. And this is one of my favorite questions that I like to think about when, specifically with TV shows. Because, like, books, when they end, they're kind of, like, over, and then that's that, and then you have to move on with your life. But TV shows, they can continue forever and ever until they die in the archives of AOC and Tumblr, where they will just rot forever. Also, the fact Tumblr's making a comeback, I'm a little scared, but a little excited for it, so we'll see how that goes. But the main thing that I want that I want to talk about is where is the show going after this? Because this show, and this is the reason I'm so worried that they're going to cancel it after one season, I don't think they're going to. It made a fuck ton of money. Um, like, a season two, I don't think they have a script yet, but I, have a th- I think they're going to write one and make one. It's just that the plot very neatly ended, right? The season one finale very clearly finished all the plot lines in a very nice way which for for once like applause to the writers in that case like they actually really nicely ended a story and wrapped it up and made it cohesive and feel good and like made it a solid ending so that way if the show did end there it would actually be fine don't mind me just bumping the microphone with my excessive hand waving that was a (laughs) fun experience but in addition to that, that's what I'm worried about. They did such a good job wrapping the show up that I am kind of pissed. I want to see more of Wednesday. And Enid, specifically. Duh. But also, Jenna's or- Jenna Ortega's like acting in this is so good. It's so good. Like She went through so many fucking hoops and did so much for the show. But like, it's an incredible portrayal of Wednesday. And I think it's, a- it's honestly what saved the show. And so I naturally want to see more of it. Where I think the show is going to go on a storytelling level is kind of harder to talk about because there are not a lot of plot threads left unopened in this case, right? There's not, they didn't leave a lot of breadcrumbs for the season to continue. And that's why I'm a little confused on, because I think the writers have like two main options to go through with writing a season two. We are at the end of the semester. Um... We don't know if Wednesday is going to come back to the school or not. It's kind of left up in the air. I think the next, like, adventure for Wednesday, because this is kind of like her high school musical, but make it very twisted and murdery, is going to be in that summer. It's either going to be, they're either going to choose the summer route or do another semester of school. The main reason I don't think they're going to do another semester of school is because I think they've explored almost everything there is to explore in that particular area. I don't think there's a whole lot more that they can do within the fabric of Nevermore, at least in its current state of development, right? We already found out about the secret club in the school, you know, um, the only real thread we have to hang on to at the end of season one is Wednesday's stalker. Which, presumably, she would end up confronting during, like, the summer, and then coming to school it gets worse. Or she encounters it on her own. The only thing that I'm, like, kind of 50-50 about is I know that the writers wouldn't want to make, like, the season two the same 
again. Like, I don't think they'd want to do that. But at the exact same time, I also think that they um, kind of have to lean into that structure based on the fact that all of the characters meet through school. They are all introduced to each other through the monster educational system, whatever that may be. And that's the thing that's kind of hard about this from like a writerly standpoint. There's so only so much you can do with that structure without it being repetitive, right? So I think getting Wednesday out of the school environment, at least temporarily, would be fantastic. Um, but they, they're going to struggle weaving the other characters into the narrative. The only thing that I can think of is that they gave Wednesday a cell phone. And I am thinking that the stalker is like trying to go after her and she tells her friends about it or like something hits the news and so her friends find out and start like trying to help her or the essentially antithesis of that the stalker wasn't actually stalking Wednesday but was stalking like Enid or someone else and then Wednesday essentially goes along the adventure of like trying to save her friends which would be kind of unlike Wednesday but also very like Wednesday specifically if it involved Enid because you have been paying it attention for the past half an hour of your life um but that's the main thing that I'm a little bit worried about is the stalkers really the only threat we have left everything else in that school is wrapped up um doing a season two in the same environment is entirely possible it's just going to be interesting to see how they're going to make it darker and more twisted um, and that was something that, you know, Jenna actually talked about and she wanted to make the show darker and make it more spoopy, if that makes sense. But like at the exact same time with a school, there's only so much you can do. And so either the school runs without a headmistress, which I could see happening, and then a bunch of chaos would ensue because of that. Or, and this is the thing that really gets me, the school like shuts down or has to relocate or something else has to happen like an external force has to act upon this school because what we've already found out the decades old legend all of the like ancestral ties everything that was tying wednesday to nevermore has essentially been severed very cleanly the only thing not being severed is her undying love and affection for enid but at the exact same time you have all of that going on you have the stalker that's kind of it And that's the only thing that I'm worried about is that the writers have kind of boxed themselves in a corner and I really hope they don't pull um, a Stranger Things and start editing the show after it's been uploaded in order to unbox themselves and give themselves more opportunities and things to work with. Um, But it is my personal opinion that I think the best way for them to go in terms of a season two in the show would be something involving the stalker, Wednesday on Vacation, and bringing Enid back into the story. Because if you bring Enid, she's going to bring Ajax and all the others. Like, Wednesday is kind of an isolated person, but Enid is not. So if you include Enid, everyone else is kind of going to come along for the ride. And that's really the the thing that I think they're going to have to go with. Or something in that kind of structure, akin to that. If they try and do something else, again, I've already mentioned it, they're going to have some issues. The main thing that people were upset about it was the Adams family. I talked about it in the beginning of the episode. I'm circling back to it mainly because I think the main difference between the Adams family then versus the Adams family now is that Wednesday's a teenager. Teenagers do some wonky ass shit, let me tell you. I unfortunately still am one, barely. We're working on that. I got about two months to go before I'm officially not a teenager and in my 20s. Oh my god, saying that made me want to throw up. I don't want to be... I don't want age to happen to me. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> with Wednesday. You know, she's a teenager. She um, constantly thinks the worst of everything and everyone. And everything that essentially could go wrong in her mind does go wrong. And so that kind of attitude, it makes sense that she'd be put against her family. And I guess that's the main thing is that I understand that people don't like that, like, she is having that kind of conflict with her parents because it doesn't make it feel very Adam's family-like. But I also think at the exact same time, like, it makes sense as well. You know, I don't think the parents hate Wednesday at all. And I think that's the thing that most people got confused about. And by most people, I mean the general public. Is that due to Wednesday's reaction to her parents, it makes... It can give the impression that Wednesday's parents hate her. When in reality, they really don't. Like, they send thing after her to keep an eye on her. They're constantly checking in via the crystal ball. Like, Morticia and Gomez very much still do care about their daughter and they do love them. It's just expressed in a more, in a different, more distanced way. And again, something we have to remember is that Wednesday, the show, puts Wednesday as the main character. Whereas in the Adams family, there kind of wasn't a main character, so we were floating around in an omniscient third person, right? Wednesday is written, narrated, performed, executed, saw through the eyes of Wednesday. We only have her knowledge and her perspective of the situation 99% of the time. And that's why this kind of unfolds as a mystery and it's akin to Wednesday's novels. Like, that is literally why. Is because, specifically, we are limited to Wednesday's knowledge and perspective. Wednesday, as we know is a very angsty teen who's not fond of her parents. Given the fact that we are viewing the story from her perspective, it makes sense that she would have a negative view of the parents and that we of the audience would also have that negative view. That doesn't mean that that negative view is accurate, though. And this is kind of proven over and over and over in this show, is that specifically, she's wrong. A lot of the time, actually. She thinks it's Xavier who's the monster and it's actually Ty-Ty, which, you know, Sucks for you, Tyler, but I honestly didn't like you that much as a character anyway. Like, there's just enough going on that I think that Adam's family is still pretty intact. It's just viewed in a different lens, which can be really hard to think about for a lot of people, including myself. Like, I had to really stop after I watched this show. It's been about a week since I've watched it. And really just kind of, like, let it digest in my brain before I come out and say something else. And that was the main thing that... I wanted to end the episode with is that the Adams family will always be the Adams family. How our perspective of that changes, obviously, is going to change um, our perspective of the story. But I have high hopes for season two. Um, in summary, oh god, I can hear the voice of my English teacher right now being like, you should never put to begin at the start of a paragraph or in conclusion at the end of a paragraph. And all my brain can think of is, well, why are the words there then? Why are they an option if I'm not supposed to use them? Um, and in summary is kind of the same thing as in conclusion. But basically, step number one, don't queer bait. Don't do that. Let's just not. Step number two, understand stories come from other perspectives also step number three don't box yourself into one ending especially in a tv show that's gonna be a little bit of a problem later and step four just have a lovely gay day i don't know what else to say in terms of an episode so i'm gonna go straight into the outro okay so one promise that i made to myself is i don't want to make the episodes longer than they need to be in terms of if i run out of things to talk about i'm not gonna try and fill 20 minutes of content 
We are at about 40 minutes, which is kind of my goal. My goal is always an hour, but it somehow has fallen to 40 minutes, and I honestly don't know how to change that. The main reason we have this outro is for me to give you updates that you did not get in the intro segment, simply because I don't think everybody wants to listen to a bunch of me talking before I start talking about the thing they actually care about. God, podcasting is very, very weird. I feel very self-involved for running this podcast. Um, the main thing I wanted to talk about is you guys. I love doing the podcast, and I love that I'm keeping it ad-free now. I think it really adds to the experience. I think the audio quality is good now, which is awesome. I'm getting more comfortable editing and posting and making sure that everything looks right on that side of things. The main thing that I just want to make sure is 100% like on lockdown is specifically how this is going to continue to work. For now, I have been running off of my own shows, right? The shows that I have been watching and consuming that I think are cool. But I also kind of want to hear from you guys. I want to hear, you know, the audience has been growing lately, which is super, super awesome to see. I am so excited for all of you that are watching, and I hope you continue to watch as... Or, listen. You can't watch me. There's nothing for you to watch. Um, Continue to listen as I continue to experiment with audio as a storytelling medium and kind of going through that. Also, this feels very much like an archive of my youth almost in a way, so that feels super special. Um, I love that I am seeing more and more of you guys, and I just want to kind of hear what stories you want me to talk about. Like, what stories do you think that I my perspective would be interesting on? You know, I can also do, um, this is something I'm thinking of, blind react episodes. So there's still kind of the analysis part of it, but it's an episode that I record in pieces as I'm actually watching the show and having the, like, timestamps narrated by, like, the Spongebob voice or something and, like, having those, like, tunk at 10 minutes, blah, 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 reaction clip and analysis, kunk and, like, doing it that way would be interesting. I think that would be kind of fun. Um, I also want to have some bonus episodes with user-submitted stories, specifically, so, like, if you guys write anything, I would love to read those and kind of talk about those as well, um, or internet stories as well, so anything on Reddit, Tumblr, AO3, um, do not send me a million-word fanfic, I do not have time to read it, I, trust me, barely have better things to do, um, I just, essentially, I want to continue talking with you guys, and I want to hear from you guys, is the main thing. Doing this ad-free, um, luckily it doesn't cost me very much to make the podcast other than time and patience and my will to live, which I don't have a lot of rip. Um, but specifically, I've seen a lot of creators online doing the, like, buy me a coffee thing, and I think that might be super cool. Um, essentially just a way to get me enough caffeine to make the way through the podcast and continue doing the show. Um, it's not something I'm entirely settled on, so if you are... If that would be something you'd be interested in doing, go ahead and there's a link in the description of the podcast, wherever you're listening. So um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, I don't remember any of the other ones, but I know it's on there. Um, There's a list to a Google form and you can give me some feedback as well as anything you're interested in. So you can tell me if you're interested in doing that coffee thing. I think it's just like you can choose your gift size and I think the minimum is like a dollar or two, which I think is really cool. Um... I'm not going to start begging for money. I am not poor yet. So um, it's just an option that I want to put on the table just because I do want to do even more with this podcast. And the way through that is by essentially outsourcing the editing and some of that kind of work to another person. Like I would love to be able to sit down and record for like three hours and have somebody chop it up and edit it for me. 
but due to my current time restraints, I'm kind of forced to, to do minimal edits and kind of like minimal marketing for it. And I really want to see where this podcast can go and take it to the next level. Um, that said, though, thank you so, so, so much for listening to the show. Um, I will see you next week. We are approaching Christmas and the holidays. So I believe the episodes are going to be on the 14th, 21st, and 28th, all of which are Wednesdays. They are far enough away from Christmas and all of that that I should be fine recording those and getting those out on time. Um, I look forward to seeing you there. If you want to keep up with me and see what I'm doing, you can follow the company page at the vivid ink studios or you can follow me personally at the jesse miller again all the links and stuff are down below i am done being a rambling billboard it's been an absolute pleasure making this episode and again when claire shippers for life